Christmas obviously is a great time where we can just uh, share gifts with one another. And in this Christmas season, it's also a time where we're gathered around family. Uh, you know, I, we could soak up a lot of family time uh, around this season. And it's this season where we just kind of sit back, take a breath, and just kind of take it in of our heritage, uh, of our family that God has given to us. And, um, and as we look back on, as you look back at your family heritage, you, you, uh, you probably have thoughts like, man, I, I'm so blessed, or God has been so good, or God, God has been faithful. And, and even though there are people in this room that I know that there's probably someone in your life you wish you could spend one more Christmas with. Maybe they're not here with us anymore. But you could still look back on their life and in your life together and realize and remember what a great heritage that person left behind or, or what a great um, uh, part or component of our family uh, to make our family heritage great. And so whether you're missing someone or you're gathered around everybody uh, that you want to be gathered around, it's, it's great to look at the heritage. You know, we... Um, my wife and I, we have six children, and so there's a, uh, you know, we're building a great heritage. But I'm building a great heritage based upon those who've gone before. Uh, and, and one um, uh, man in particular who's gone before me was my grandfather, Robert Hale Sr. And um, I call him Papa. And so Papa was just a great man of God. I, I've shared in the past a few stories about my, about my papa, that he was a church planter. He actually built um, the, the actual structure of the church, the building, uh, himself. And he, uh, but, uh, but the actual uh, body of believers, the Lord sent, and, uh, and he did just great things in, in the life of that church. And, uh, but my, my papa uh, was truly a man of faith. And, and I, I really hope and pray, my prayer is that I can walk in his footsteps. He lived to be uh, 89 years old, and, um, and if there's ever someone that I could look up to as a man of faith, it was, it was my, my grandfather, my papa. And every time I walked into his house, it's almost like you walked into the presence of God. I don't know if you're, if you're ever around people. When you're ever around people and you're like, man, that person has been with God. And you could sense that in their spirit and almost in, uh, in the room. And that's how it was with my papa. And it doesn't matter what room he was in. Um, you can almost sense that he was there. Because, even if you didn't know if he was there or not, you could sense that God was there. And so my papa walked closer with him. So my, my goal is to walk in his shoes. And in fact, this morning, I'm wearing my papa's shoes these are his last shoes that he had before he passed away. Now, um, no, I didn't take them off of him in the casket, but, you know, these are the last shoes that he wore. And, and they're get really getting old. Um, they're really, I'm falling apart here with my, the soles of my shoes. I mean, it's, it's really bad. So if I trip and fall, it's because these shoes are falling apart. And obviously, I'm holding his cane. Now, one day, I may need a cane, hopefully not real soon. And so one day I will need a cane, and um, I'm going to use this cane. This is my papa's cane. This is sort of his shepherd's staff as a pastor. And so 
I, uh, I, I carry this, this cane, I hold this cane in my hand as a remembrance of my papaw, but obviously in, in, in complete humility uh, that I would even be able to hold this uh, because he was such a great man, such a great legacy he left behind, such a great heritage. And so today, uh, as we're sort of nestled around our family, I want to talk about heritage this morning. I want to talk about the heritage that we have um, as, as family. And I want to talk about uh, how you and I could be very intentional about building a great heritage. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, well, well, Frank, I, I don't have all my family with me. I'm just, kind of, I'm just kind of by myself. And let me tell you something. Whether you're, you're by yourself and maybe others have passed on or have left your life, whatever, or maybe, maybe you're a, a, a single mom, you know, just like, man, my family's not really complete. Your family is the family you have beside you. And so I want to encourage you with these words, whether you think your family's complete or not complete, it's complete in the eyes of God. And I want to encourage you uh, with these words to continue to build that great family heritage. Whether you've got two people around you or you've got eight people around you, um, it doesn't matter. And so I want to visit a story uh, that's found in God's Word, and it's about a family um, who lived in Bethlehem. What a great town to talk about this morning around Christmas. This family is from Bethlehem, and it was a husband and a wife and two boys. They, uh, they lived in Bethlehem, and they made their living there. And this is at the time be, before uh, kings were set up in, um, in the nation of Israel. And um, before kings ruled, the uh, nation of Israel had judges. And so these judges were established uh, by God, were assigned by God, uh, and they also had prophets that God spoke to, uh, to the people. And so after the nation of Israel settled in their country and they had judges, it was around this time before King Saul, before King David and Solomon and so forth, uh, that uh, this family lived in Bethlehem. Well, something tragic happened in, in, in that part of the area of the world, and um, a famine came over the land. And so they weren't able to, to grow any crops, and, and so they um, left Bethlehem. A lot of families left Bethlehem at that time. And this particular family went to the country of Moab. Now, Moab was a country that did not fear the Lord. They did not know, the, know God. In fact, they even worshipped other idols. And, uh, and, and, and even to the point of, of sacrificing children. And it was, it was an awful uh, nation. But the thing that this nation did have, it did have uh, at that time a healthy economy. And so this family, this husband, wife, and two boys relocated to Moab. Well, during the time there in Moab, the, the boys grew up and they, they married Moabite women. And, uh, and, but over time, the, the husband had passed away. And also, tragically, this lady's two sons passed away. And so you have this lady and her two daughters-in-law, and it's all that was left. And she was thinking, what's left of my family? 
have no one to even carry on our family name. It's just me and my daughters-in-law. My husband's gone. My boys are gone. These, these ladies are at the age where there's not going to be men who's gonna, who are going to marry them. Most eligible men have already gotten families and are already married. And so this lady became very bitter. In fact, she even changed her name to a name that meant bitterness. And so, but they heard that the famine was over in Bethlehem. So this lady decided to go ahead and, and relocate to Bethlehem, go back home. And so on her journey back home, uh, they came to a point where she stopped on a journey, looked at her two daughters-in-law and said, you know what? I can't ask you to go with me. Go back to your own country. Settle there. Maybe you could find a, a, a man who will marry you. Maybe you can settle down there. Maybe you can, you can raise a family. But my life is utter bitterness. There's no hope for my family. And so they wept bitterly. One of the daughters-in-law decided to go back to Moab. And one of them decided, you know what? I'm not going to leave you. There's no way I can leave your side. And so the ladies we're talking about is a lady by the name of Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And you can find the story in the book of Ruth, and we're going to be there in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. You can look at the screen or version Bible app or your copy of God's Word. But right here, it says, but Ruth replied, now she's talking to Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Let me just tell you something. That right there is a very, very strong passage, very strong words. Where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. The God that I used to worship in Moab, forget about him. I'm yours. I'm part of your family. And so what that did is that set up a family heritage. And so whenever you and I are to set up a family heritage, what that passage is telling us is this. You're going to stay committed to the end. You're going to stay committed to the very end. As, as husband and wife, you look at each other. Where you go, I will go. Okay, where, where, where you end up, I'm going to end up. Where you die, I will die. We will do this together to the very end. Kids, as you get older, to, to build that family heritage, you want to be able to, to, to say that with your, with your, to your parents. Look, mom and daddy, as you get older, we're going to be there for you as you were there for me. We will be there for you to the very end. That's what children do who have a great heritage. And of course, parents, to build that great heritage, you tell your kids, look, I'm with you to the end. 
I'm gonna support you. You're gonna make mistakes, and that's okay, but I'm gonna support you. We are here to the end. And so that right there is a, is, a, is a first lesson we can learn from that, to build a great heritage. Well, the story continues as Ruth and Naomi settle back to, uh, to Bethlehem. So Naomi has fallen into bitterness. In fact, she told her friends back in Bethlehem who hadn't seen her in years, she goes, don't call me Naomi. My name is Bitterness. And so she, she really fell into a life of despair. But Ruth, on the other hand, Ruth decided, you know what, I, I, I'm going to fight for this family. And so she, uh, she continued uh, to, to try to support what was going on in the family, to try to support Naomi. She, she meant it with all her heart. She's there to the bitter end. And so she went out to a field and began to, um, to go behind the harvesters who were harvesting a field of grain. And so she decided to go behind them and just pick up the, the spare grain that they may have missed. And while she was doing that, she, she came across the owner of the field. And his name was Boaz. We're just going to call him Bo. Now, I like Bo. Bo, as you read his story, Bo is just, man, he, he, he's a country guy. He's a, he's a farmer, and he's just a good old boy, and he takes care of things. He's very responsible. And, um, and so think of sort of like that, that country boy who just takes care of his business and, and takes care of the family and, and wants to make sure that, that, um, that everybody's okay. And so Bo is very uh, successful. But Bo uh, recognized Ruth, and he saw her uh, going behind uh, the harvesters, picking up the extra grain, and um, he, he, he began to get to know her more. And so as, as Bo and Ruth got to, uh, got to know one another, he, um, he, fell in, he fell in love with Ruth. But more importantly, he heard about the story of Naomi, and he heard about what Ruth did for Naomi. Ruth said, it doesn't matter where I'm from, my God, where I want to be. I'm laying my life down, and I'm going to here to support you, Naomi. What an amazing love. Bo saw that in Ruth. And so he wanted to help out Ruth and Naomi to carry on that name, to carry on uh, that, that family. And so Bo decided to marry Ruth. And so what Bo, his decision to marry Ruth was, look, I'm going to love you. It doesn't matter what your past is like. Because think about it. Ruth grew up in a country where they worshiped other gods. She was already married. Her husband had died. So she had already been with a man. She worshiped other gods. She was from a a foreign country. And so Bo was basically telling her this. It doesn't matter what your past is like. I believe God has your heart. I believe God has changed you because you said where your God is is my God. And so I'm going to love you. I'm going to be with you. It doesn't matter what your past is like. What can we learn from that? Tons. Tons. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. Some of you may have married people who 
may have had, you know, big mistakes in their life, and you're like, you know what, I love you. It doesn't matter what you've done. I believe God has changed your heart, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to stay with you to the end. And as you look at one another, and as you're in this life together as a family, whether it be husband and wife, or parent and child, you're going to have to look at one another and say, you're going to make mistakes, but I'm still going to love you. Doesn't matter what you've done, that's in the past, we're going to keep moving on. So to build your family heritage, not only do you want to tell your family, I'm going to be with you to the end, you want to tell your family, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past, I'm going to love you. And then the, um, the problems that we face as a family begin to creep in. I, would, I can imagine the, the problems that could be facing whenever, um, whenever Bo and uh, Ruth got married. There, there's lots of different culture differences, obviously religious differences. And with that, um, Bo probably knew that going in. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a little bit tough. But what he was basically telling her is this, I will love you regardless of the problems we face. We're gonna face some problems because we come from different nationalities, different countries, different cultures, different, different religious beliefs. And, but I'm gonna love you no matter what problems we face. As a family, we're gonna face lots and lots of problems. There could be problems on the horizon in your family that you may not see, you may not know. And so with that, you gotta make that decision now. It doesn't matter what problems we face, we are going to stay together. And so be able to look at your family in the eye and to say, it doesn't matter what you've done, and it doesn't matter what comes our way, what problems we face, we are going to stay together. And we're gonna build this family together. We're gonna to build a strong heritage. What are some potential problems? Well, one is communication problems. <laughs> you will be misunderstood, guaranteed. You will be misunderstood. It happens all the time in our family. You, you put eight people under the same roof, there's gonna be some misunderstandings. But with those problems, you're gonna say, I will stay with you, I will love you regardless of the problems. Expectation problems. You will disappoint each other. Some, uh, there will be some people in your family who have certain expectations of you and you will disappoint them. It's gonna happen. So problems with expectations. Uh, financial problems, you may struggle to pay the bills or find security financially. Financial problems, you know, this, this right here is one of the biggest things that seems to ruin families more and more. When families depend on that, that security of their finances and they're so scared and, and it causes problems in their marriage, it causes problems with relationships with their children, and even it causes problems uh, between, um, uh, between um, grandparents or between mother-in-laws or father-in-laws. And so it causes issues. 
Don't let that cause those issues. Don't let that steer you away from loving and building that family heritage. So you're going to have some communication issues. You're going to have expectation problems, financial problems. You will also have moral problems. There's going to be moral issues that pop up in your family. But if you decide at the beginning before they happen that we are going to stay together, we are going to continue to build this family heritage even when immorality pops up into our family, which I can imagine it probably appeared in the life of Ruth and Bo with Ruth's background. But they stayed together. And so through the communication problems, expectations, financial problems, morale or moral problems, and also health problems. You know, we, we're all getting old and we're all going to die one day and we're all going to fade away and into the sunset of this life. And, um, and not only when we get older, but sickness could come upon us, illness, disease, things that we just, we just, can't, we just can't defeat. And through that, even through our health problems, family, I will stay with you. I will love you. It doesn't matter what happens. I will stay with you. That is our family heritage. We don't leave one another. It doesn't matter what problems arise. We will go through this together. Many of you sitting in this room have faced those kind of issues whether it be morale issues in, 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 in a marriage or maybe a, a, a loved one who's passed on or, or, or issues with communication issues or expectation issues with, with kids and parents or, or spouse. And, and I love to hear those stories where those families, they persevere and they're like, it doesn't matter what happens. This is our family heritage. We will stay together. But it's a choice we have to make before they come. And it's a choice that Bo made before. He knew what he was getting into. He's heard about the Moabites, evil nation, an evil culture. Yet he let that culture in. So regardless of the past you live, regardless of the, of the problems we face, I'm gonna stay with you to the end. And another thing we could do to build our heritage is, is to say to your family, I will walk with God and be an example of faith. I will walk with God and be an example of faith. In uh, Ruth chapter 4, verse 11, this is when Boaz was at the city gate and talking to the elders, it says, then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and may be famous in Bethlehem. And so they're basically saying, look, as elders of this town of Bethlehem, we agree that this woman could come and be part of your family. Why? The new bow, the new bow can handle it because he was a man 
of God. They trusted Bo. He was a man of God. He had a strong faith. Boaz had a reputation for deep and evident faith to all that knew him. He was that man who could say, you can repeat anything I say, you could do anything I could do, you can go anywhere I go because I'm not hiding a thing. You can look at whatever I look at. He was a man of faith who followed after God. And so the, the elders of the town trusted him with marrying this woman. And he was the kind of man who brought his life after the life of Moses. And we find this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we find what that life is like. In verse 4 through 9. Verse 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And so what he is, when he followed after this, um, um, after this commandment in Deuteronomy, he was basically saying, look, I confessed God boldly. I confessed God boldly with my, with my life. It was evident because the, the elders in the town trusted Bo. It was evident that he had, a, he had a life of faith where he proclaimed God and he spoke to him, spoke about him boldly. I confess God boldly. I'm gonna love God with all my heart, my soul, and my life with everything I am. How can you build a strong family heritage? Be someone who, who confesses God boldly, loves him with all that you are. In verse seven, in, in uh, chapter six, it says this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So Bo was someone who taught his faith regularly. He taught his faith regularly. He lived his faith. He taught others. He was a leader in the town. So if you want to have a strong family heritage, take opportunities to talk about your faith. When things happen in your family, good or bad, use that as an opportunity to be intentional to talk about your faith. Bring God into the conversation. Bring your relationship with Jesus into the conversation. You may say, well, Frank, I'm not a pastor. I don't know what to say. Let me tell you something. I'm just an average guy like you. I'm just a family man. I don't have any kind of major degree. or anything. I just, I've been in church all my life. But I'm just an average guy like you. And so here's what it takes. Just find those opportunities for you to bring in God in the conversation. If, if your children are struggling, struggling with something at school, we'll say, well, hey, let's pray about that. And take the time to pray about that situation. When, when uh, you and your wife are having uh, some issues, take that time to pray about it. When good things are happening in your life, when, you're, when your kids win a game, don't bring the attention onto them. Bring the attention, give the glory to God and say, isn't God good for giving you an opportunity 
to, to win that game, to score that touchdown or hit that home run or strike out that incredible batter. Whatever it takes, bring God into the conversation. Talk about him as much as you can. So he was, a, Bo was a guy who confessed God boldly. He taught his faith regularly and he lived his faith openly. In verse eight and, and nine, it says this, tie them as symbols on your hands and buy them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So all of these these principles that we live by, wear them, talk about them, display them as much as you can. And so Bo was a guy, he lived his faith openly. Live your faith openly when you talk about uh, uh, to others in your community. You know, at, at, when you have guests at your house, you know, your, your kids are watching you. And so when your kids see that you're talking about God to others, even when the kids aren't even in the conversation, they look at that and say, my dad, my mom must really love God to talk about him even in front of others. And so they see that it's not just, he's just not trying to raise me to be a a righteous person. He really lives it. He really believes it. She really walks it. And so have that opportunity to, to talk about God, to bring God into every conversation when, whenever you have an opportunity to, do, to make the right decision. Your kids, your wife, your, your husband, they are making, um, they are seeing everything, every decision you make. And so as we make those decisions, we want to make sure those decisions follow God's uh, biblical uh, principles. And so be like Bo. Be like Bo who, who followed God. He, he confessed God boldly. He taught his faith regularly. And he lived his faith openly. Those are ways that you can have a strong family heritage. And as we, as we close this out, let me, let me share with you something about this story that is pretty amazing about Ruth, Naomi, and Bo. You know, as we saw earlier in the story, Naomi was in despair. She'd lost her husband. She lost her two sons. No one to carry on the name. In, in full despair and bitterness. And she began to, to blame God and she even, she even felt like God was even after her. Maybe there's people in this room who feel like, man, God is after me. I don't, know, I don't know what I've done or whatever, but God is after me. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the, only, the only reason God might be after you is because God wants to show you his love. He's not after you to squash you. He's not after you to condemn you because the Bible makes it clear. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. He wants to save your family. He wants to redeem your family. He wants to help you build your family heritage and make it strong. That's what he wants. 
And what's interesting about this family of, of Naomi and Ruth and Bo is that Bo and Ruth had a son. And so Naomi, at the end of this book, Naomi is holding her grandson, thanking God for another chance. She thought, there's no way my family's gonna continue. There's no way my heritage is gonna, is gonna continue. But she's holding this precious grandson. And that grandson went on to be the grandfather of King David. And King David was the lineage of Jesus. So do you think Naomi's family was pretty important? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That her grandson was very important. Her grandson and, and what Bo and Ruth and Naomi taught that grandson, that child, he passed on to Jesse. And Jesse passed on to all of his sons and even the little squirt, David. A great family heritage. If you're sitting here today and thinking, man, my, there's no way that I can have a great family heritage. Well, you're wrong. Does it matter what your situation is? God wants to redeem your family heritage. He wants you to have a great family heritage. And just like Robert Hale Sr., a man who showed me great faith, and I hope that one day I can literally fit into his shoes, his shoes of faith, and, and, and carry his rod, his staff. That would be a great day. And I'm working towards that. But he, he blazed a trail and he showed me what I need to do. And so, as we close out this service, I just want us to have a, a, a time of prayer. And so, here's what we're going to do. And I know not all of you are surrounded by your family. There might even be people, people here who, who, are, uh, who don't have any of your family in town. You might be single, uh, or maybe your, your uh, family's not here today or whatever. But I want to encourage you, what we're going to do in just a moment, we're all going to stand up, and we're going to take just a couple of moments just to pray as a family. And as we pray, I'm going to ask my family to come up to the front here on the floor, and we're going to pray together. And I want us to all just to find, to circle up or, or whatever and find your family and just have an opportunity just to pray. And here's what I want you to pray. God, help us to continue and to build this great family heritage of following after you. 
And if you are by yourself, I don't want this to be a, a time where, where, where it's awkward for you. I want you to find others. Maybe you can, you can sneak into another family or find somebody, somebody else who's, who's kind of don't have their family. But I, want us to, I don't want us all, any of us to be praying alone. Let's just take a couple of minutes and let's pray together. And here's what we're praying for. God, give us the strength, give us the wisdom to build that strong family heritage. So at this time, everybody stand and circle up and let's take a couple of moments to pray together. While others are continuing to pray, I want to give you guys time. But as you make your way back to your seat, we're going to prepare hearts to give to the Lord an offering. And I tell you what, financially, I can think of no better heritage than to teach your family the importance of giving to the Lord. We tell our kids all the time that, hey, we give to the Lord. Yeah, some days it would be nice to have, have that money and we could, we could buy new things. I could, I could buy my 17, almost 18-year-old daughter a car. But you know what? I'm not going to keep that money for myself. We give that to the Lord. It's all His. And just that small 10%, that tithe, 
we continue to faithfully give. And we are teaching our children a great heritage. And I didn't come up with that. <laughs> Obviously, God came up with that. But I was shown that by others in our life. Those who've gone before. You give to the Lord. And He, he promises He will open the floodgates of heaven and to bless you more than you can ever imagine. But we really truly give out an act of worship as an act of thankfulness. And so as we, uh, we're gonna take, we're gonna do the offering and then we're going to have a couple announcements and we're gone. But I'm encourage you, just while you have time, maybe create ways that you can build your family heritage stronger. Write those down. Give those to the Lord. Pray it together with your family, as with your spouse. What can we do to make our family heritage stronger, to where it lasts for generations to come? And so, as we uh, as we uh, take the offering, we we love to uh, to give to the Lord. We we share excitement on that. So, Lake Point Church, it's time for the offering. We love to give to the Lord all that He has done for us. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, let's uh, bow our head and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, what a great heritage you've given to us by uh, sending your son, Jesus, and giving us a great faith. And Lord, we give back to you just a small portion. Let us have that heritage of faith where we give to you um, the first fruits of our increase. Let us trust in you with all of our hearts. And Lord, let us Let us be like Bo. Let us be like Ruth, who said, you know, I'm going to put aside my own wants, my own desires, and I'm going to stay with you to the end. Lord, let us stay together. Let us, it doesn't matter what what happens in our life, we're going to stay to the end. And let us live a life that follows after you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.